0: I'm Yesi Ortiz. This is Know Your Rights podcast, and we are at Know Your Rights Camp, Los Angeles. I'm, I'm sitting, of course,
1: with my co-host. Hello, I'm Aisha, everyone. It's so happy. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, it's
0: an <laughs> exciting time here uh, in Los Angeles that we get to be here. And sitting with us is Chris from the National Guild's, uh, the National Lawyers Guild, and he's the executive director there. Uh, the Los Angeles chapter, and we have Dee, who is a board member of the NLG. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yep, good Thank to be here. Thank for being here. Yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate it, man. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the work at NLG and how it supports the efforts of Know Your Rights Camp?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I would say the undercurrent of all the work that NLG does is promoting access to justice and holding folks in power accountable. Mm. Um, we have our legal observers, um, which Dee's a big part of. Um, you know, the little green hat thing; most people have kind of seen those. Um, you know, those are holding the police accountable, making sure the police respect the rights of the protesters. Um, we also do court watch. We send folks to courtrooms to watch judges make sure they're respecting people's rights. Um, we've also helped street vendors um, make sure their rights are respected. Um, and our members are doing a, li- a variety of other projects. Um, we have a, th- a series of committees. We have you know, housing, immigration. We have workers' rights committees. You know, we ha- and, and there are some I didn't even name. So the undercurrent of a lot of our work is just how do we hold folks in power accountable Um, And we are a membership organization, so a lot of our work is driven by the membership and and what they want to do. And we have a lot of good folks who are doing a lot of good work. Um, So it it all comes back to that kind of nexus of access to justice. And part of it, too, is also from the progressive perspective, right? We are the the legal arm of progressive movement, um, which is a declaration that the National Lawyers Guild made in 1968 in Santa Monica, um so um we've been we, been, we've around been, been,
0: yeah, been around
2: for a while. Yeah, uh, we've been around for a while. we were also founded in the 1930s as the first racially integrated bar association in the country.
1: Wow.
0: Wow. That so I that's, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I was going to ask you what motivated you to do the work that you do now because everything you said is really crucial to ensuring that everyone has um equal justice and making sure that everyone feels safe. So what got you started?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I for me, the undercurrent of the work that I do personally is also tied to access to justice. Mm. Um, I grew up in the rural South. I grew up in a county that is equal parts native, black, and white. Um, I'm a citizen of the Lumbee Tribe, North Carolina. Mm. Um, we are the largest tribe east of the Mississippi River. Um, we've also been fighting for federal recognition for the last, you know, 120 years, 130, 140 years. So for me, I think going up where I did and under the circumstances, I think you develop a natural Affinity towards helping promote access to justice, because you see what it looks like when justice is denied, right? Um, I've seen my tribe go before Congress on numerous occasions and be told you're not Indian enough, right? Mm. Um, I've seen people mistreated by law enforcement. I've seen people arrested. I've seen what happens when you are in the rural South in a racially segregated community. So for me, that kind of started a lifelong goal of ensuring that other people have access to justice and that we can kind of eradicate some of these structures that, that, that I saw as problematic and I still see as problematic. So for me, it was a natural fit to go into this work. And that's kind of what I went into undergrad wanting to do. And then law school, then after that, I got a master's of public administration. So everything that I do in my own, in my own personal life and professional life, too, is tied towards creating a more just and equitable society and promoting access to justice.
0: That sounds incredible and a lot of uh, time and and just passion like Aisha was saying because there's passion there that you guys are doing this and I know there's so much uh, so many people out there who do feel like they've been unjustly served and and they' sometimes they feel right like they don't want to be a bother to the system right they don't want to be um, causing any type of stirrup or how do you change how do you change their focus on, and letting them know that Hey, you do have rights. How do you help them change that perspective?
3: I think that's interesting because people don't want to be a bother. And so what happens is that people get mistreated and they go, well, that's just how the system works. Yeah. And so they just move on. But there's more of us than them. When I say them, I mean those in power, those who create this system of injustice. And so if people assert their rights, if people know that they actually are the ones in power then you can create this shift and shift power away from those in power, right? And make those changes. And that's why, you know, things like know your rights, people don't know their rights. Right. If you are treated, mistreated, it should, you know, you should
0: be able to say, uh-uh, that's not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And that's, a, I think there's a lot of people, um, you know, possibly who are going to be watching this that just don't feel like they have that power or that right to say that yeah and I, that's why i appreciate the the advocacy that you guys do yeah. in the work because that's so important
1: i was gonna say when you guys mentioned about knowing your rights i think it's so important and it's why we do the work that we do because you know especially being young and being you know going into mm-hmm. something that you don't really know about the work that y- y'all do is really important because If I come in and say, hey, I was mistreated by my landlord Mm -hmm. or I was mistreated by the police officer, what do I do now? And and you guys are there to give them that help. So I was going to ask you... Specifically, what rights are important for them to know when it comes to interacting with police officers? Because we're in a time where there's a lot of protesting going along, yeah. going on, a lot of racial injustice, yeah. and we see we're seeing more and more protests um, mm-hmm. a lot. So, yeah. what's what's the important rights that they
3: the they should know? number one thing I want to say is this isn't necessarily the right, but the goal. Like, what is the goal when you are forced to? I'm going to say forced to interact with police mm-hmm. is to not interact with police. <laughs> To get out of that situation as quickly as possible and to minimize that contact because they are not, you know, they're called law enforcement, but they're not enforcing anything. And if they do, it's arbitrarily, as you said. Right. So the goal is, so I think the number one right is you have the right to remain silent. You have a right to not say anything, to not be forced to say anything. You have the right to say, I don't want to speak with you. I want to speak to an attorney Mm -hmm. and then we'll go through this process correctly together.
2: With mm-hmm. that attorney. Mm-hmm. But
3: police, you know, it's a system of power. It is. And they wield that power. You know, but I don't think people realize that cops can lie to you, but yeah. we can't lie to them. That's already a shift, an
0: imbalance There's in power. also like a trick, too, that they can, they, I've heard mm-hmm. about police officers using kind of like certain words to get you to, sp- mm-hmm. to yeah, speak. Yeah, absolutely. And
3: say. Or they'll, you know, say like, we're not questioning you. And then they'll try to have a casual, quote unquote, conversation with you that's not casual at all. Right, yeah.
2: yeah. And I'll also add, too, and this is kind of a boring constitutional law reference here, but it's, remember, it's important to remember why the Bill of Rights exists, why the First Amendment exists, why the Fourth Amendment exists, why the Fifth Amendment exists, right? The Constitution the Bill of Rights limits the government's power to infringe upon your, your rights. So remembering that you have a right to free speech, you have a right to, you know, your person, right? You can't be searched without a warrant. Um, you have a right to not incriminate yourself. And I think also remembering that there are people who went to the Supreme Court to get those rights, like, reaffirmed. Right. That these people, they went through, they were, they were mistreated and they went to the courts and they got these rights codified. Right. So just remembering that, that, that you stand on the shoulders of giants, um, that you are asserting rights that have been often reaffirmed by the Supreme Court. And just remembering that framework within which you're operating.
1: And I, I really appreciate you for saying that, because I only mention that because um, recently, um As a journalist student, I go to Newhouse at Syracuse University, and we have to go out to the city to get our stories so we, we don't have no transportation and it's a majority white school, and I'm like the only black woman in the class so um, I went to go do a story about how, in the south side of Syracuse it's so impoverished that they can barely survive and that's the stories that I surround my work around and I was basically pulled over by a cop because they said, hey, someone called the cops on you saying that mm-hmm. you you were recording on their property. And technically, I was across the street, not on their property, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that. So I didn't know my rights at that time. Yeah. And so I felt like, OK, I had to tell my professor, like, I don't feel comfortable going back outside because I, in where I'm coming from, we don't really interact with the police because my skin, I can't right. communicate with them without them thinking that I'm in the wrong or I'm a bad person. So I really do appreciate you guys for saying that. I want to end off with this last question. Um, When it comes to the work that you do for you both, um, what are some of the most important things that you learn and that you want everyone else to learn as well?
3: I think for me the most important thing is that knowing your rights is a start, right? So we talk about it. When you know your rights and you keep affirming your rights and you show people try to take away your rights, like, no, you're not gonna take that away, you kind of expand them. right? And then when you expand them, and if everyone's doing this, that's sort of a gateway into organizing. If you really wanna create change, you need to organize. And so knowing your rights is the first step, organizing is the second one. And organizing you do together, right? Organizing is about building a mass movement. And when you have a mass movement, again, I'm gonna say it again, like there are more of us <laughs> than those in power. And so let's shift the power balance because every injustice we talk about at the, at the base of it is a, is a mis, you know, like there's an imbalance in power. So let's right. take that power back. Like we have these rights. We assert them. We know what we want. We know the world that we want to live in. So let's create that together. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, we are strength in numbers. Yeah, and you know, it's a, it's a phrase that a lot of organizers in LA use that I love. And it's when we fight, we win so when we fight together we win
1: together i love you. yeah Yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us i learned so much and i i feel so much better just sitting here and kind of going out to the world knowing that i learned something from you all so thank you so much lastly i just want to say how can people find you if they want to know if they want to get in contact with you
3: Sure. Um, well, we have a website.
2: Um, yeah. based, in, yeah. NLG-LA.org. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, yeah. We are pretty prominent on social media, at least I think we are. Yeah. Um, and we post information about our events. We have a weekly radio show on KPFK here in Los Angeles, um, where we bring folks on to talk about different aspects of social justice, so if you want to get involved, theres uh, I can guarantee there's a way to get involved. Um, yeah. and we we are- got two followers. Yeah, can you, you follow- got two <laughs> followers right here. Thank
1: you so much. And if you want to learn more, please head to our website at knowyourrightscamp.org, and we will see you
2: soon.